So a couple weeks ago, we did a more question and answer kind of podcast today. We're going to continue with that. We're going to just touch on a few things that, uh, that we didn't really get a chance to a couple weeks ago, things that we want to expand on a little bit. What do you think? Cool. Let's do it. Do it. First one, what is the RX? What's the point of it? What's it stand for? How does it work in our gym? So RX, by CrossFit standards, is the prescribed weight of a workout or, you know, the prescribed movements that we want to see. Mm-hmm. When workouts get programmed, in our level one, we, they talk about it to us. When you are programming for your gym, you want to program for the best, scale for the rest. Doesn't mean the best athletes in the world. It means right. the best athletes in your gym. Mm-hmm. So we are programming for the 22 to 28-year-old male and female who is interested in CrossFit a little bit more competitively, mm-hmm. maybe not as a sport necessarily, but they want to come in and do the workout as RX because that's a thing, like it matters. Mm-hmm. This is maybe 10% of your population in an average gym. Everybody else will scale the workout in some way mm-hmm. based on your goals. It's easy enough. Just do that. What do you want? Do you want to do a CrossFit competition? Yeah. Awesome. Let's worry about this as RX. Do you want to be a badass 90-year-old and longevity and we want to get those health markers trending in a better direction? You want to lose some weight? Awesome. Then let's scale that. Now the conversation, it becomes very, very easy mm-hmm. to make a decision yeah. on what we want to do. Right. Because it's in line with our values and our goals. Mm-hmm. Where people get themselves in the weeds is they prioritize the wrong thing. Yeah. Our, doing the workout as RX now becomes the standard as opposed to making sure that we're moving really, really well and uh, creating a, an environment for longevity and right. sustainability. Yeah. RX has become like the end-all, be-all goal, which it shouldn't be. Right. The end-all, be-all goal should be get the best workout for you. Maybe that is the RX version. Maybe it's not. For most people, it shouldn't be. If everybody in the gym was doing the workout RX, there'd be something wrong with the programming. Sure. Um, so don't get caught up on, man, I gotta go RX. It doesn't matter. Like it really doesn't. Um, worry about what's the best workout for you. It's not like, and I even hesitate to use the word scale anymore. I've been kind of using the word modify because scale seems like a step down. I like optimize. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, you're not scaling down. You're optimizing the best movement for you. Sure. And that's, that's a mind set shift that I think it needs to be talked about is it's not like RX or bust. Sure. It's like RX is what we prescribe and then we can tailor it to your individual. I like that. Tailor it. Yeah. The thing about it is, is it's a perspective. Most of the people never knew what RX was until they stepped into besides like, yeah, I go there and I get my, when I'm sick, I go, I got a prescription. Nobody knew what it stood for in an exercise context. Mm -hmm. If you were to do a traditional uh, gym setting, Mm -hmm. right. And they said, Hey, today we're going to back squat a five by five as RX is 315. You'd be like, I'm not doing that. That's insane. Yeah. We see something like that in a workout where it's, you know, thrusters at 135 and everybody's like, 
well, I guess I got to do it. It's what it says on the on the board. Yep. You didn't even know what RX was <laughs> yeah. before we started this thing. Yeah. It didn't mean anything to you. I like the tailor and the optimize the workout for you as an individual. Mm-hmm. People will lose, get a worst workout, a worse workout because they try to go RX. And I've done it. I'm not speaking at like I'm better. I'd still do it. I'll try to do a workout I see RX and it's too much. And I get a worse workout because I can't handle that load or the volume or the movement. And so now I'm just staring at the weight because it takes too long. It's too hard. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, I could get a better workout if I just, it might be a little bit of an ego check. Yeah. If I check my ego a little bit and said, Hey, there, Billy, take a step back. (laughs) Let's get a better workout and not worry about if this is RX. That's that's one of the tough things, whether anybody wants to admit it or not, is there's a little bit of a, that atmosphere in wherever you go, right? It's, it's biology to some degree. Mm-hmm. It's that, hey, I got to be the biggest, baddest guy or gal in the room. Yep. But this now is making decisions, again, that are not in line with your goals or your mm-hmm. values. If you keep that in mind, that makes your decision-making process a whole lot easier, in my yeah. opinion. And look, we write one workout that's supposed to serve over 100 members mm-hmm. of our gym. It is insanity to think that myself and my oldest 72-year-old client and the 12-year-old are going to do the same workout. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Right. So we tailor it, we optimize it, we make modifications to make sure we're all getting an awesome workout. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Yeah. This is where the coaching value comes in, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. This is one of the, the points that we now really get to integrate ourselves into helping people uh, on their fitness journey. You, there, there may be a misconception out there that when we come into a CrossFit gym, um, it is, Hey, this is what we're doing for the workout. Go ahead and warm yourselves up. In about 10 minutes, we're going to start. Okay, 10 minutes is up. Three, two, one, go. Good job. Nice. Cool. Check your phone. Yep. Hey, three, two, time. Good job, everybody. Let's wrap it up and let's go. Yeah. Maybe in some gyms. Yes. That is not what we strive for. Yeah. We take a whole lot of pride in our coaching. Right. This is what our clients are paying for. Mm -hmm. They are paying for somebody to help them move optimally, to help them improve their fitness, rather help them improve their health, which is that increasing work capacity across broad time and modal domains now over a lifetime. Mm -hmm. That is health, in our opinion, in the CrossFit prescription. That is what we are trying to do. So now I get to help that 72-year-old and that 12-year-old and somebody like myself make sure that they're getting the best workout for them by changing a movement like a double under to a single under. Or, you know what, maybe our ankles get really, really sore when we do a whole lot of jumping. Maybe we got plantar fasciitis, whatever. Awesome, let's take a plate and we'll step up and down to the plate. Mm -hmm. So now we're taking away that impact of jumping all of the time. Mm -hmm. Modifications, scales, optimizations. This is one of the things that we bring to the table as a coaching staff that you will not get anywhere else. Right. We take incredible pride in our ability to help people. Yeah. So much so that we have integrated a program now uh, where people are no longer doing the class workout if, it is, if we feel that it is negatively impacting their health. Mm-hmm. Their health. 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 
that ability to uh, that work capacity across a lifetime. Yeah. The Fortitude Fix program is our answer for that. Yep. We've gone so much to the side that, hey, these are the things that are most important to us that I don't even want you doing these movement patterns because it may cause inflammation in the joint right now. Mm -hmm. So let's go do these things. And now, boom, we can move the needle, get through it in six weeks, and we're off to the races. That across a lifetime is is becoming huge. Yeah. I mean, a couple of years ago, that's something I, I never thought of. It was about how freaking fit, strong, fast, whatever can I get right now. Yep. And it's it, what's the point if it leaves you broken, beaten down the road. What, what's the whole point of exercising? If it's just going to leave you, unless you are a, if you're a competitor, I get it. If you are an athlete who's doing this for a living, or if your main goal is to compete, I get it. You but need to come not, to it with the understanding though, in that scenario, yeah. that you are not adding years to, to your yes. life. We've talked about this before. I fully understand that the last three years of me trying to do this CrossFit thing at a competitive level, even if it's just locally, we're in no way benefiting me long term. Right. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've talked about like the games athletes in yeah. training. People look at them as like the epitome of health and fitness. They're the tip of the spear. They are the epitome of what prime fitness can look like, but they are not the epitome of long term health. Agreed. Because a lot of them we're starting to see are having injuries surgeries at relatively young ages i mean yeah. most of them are 20s some into their early 30s and they're having surgeries and this and that and it's like at some point you got to understand what you're training for yep and if it's the health as uh, that there's a cross you know work capacity cross broad time over the years of your life is huge which is, uh, I have zero idea where I was going with that, but it's crazy. <laughs> well, it's that it's understanding that that is now a professional sport. That's not the, that is not the average. Those are the outliers. Mm -hmm. It would be like saying to, to tell your, your kid that they should never play an organized sport because there's a very small chance that they're going to go pro. Yeah. That's, that is what I look at it like. Mm -hmm. Just because you see LeBron James on TV, just because I see LeBron James doesn't mean I'll never play pickup basketball yeah. because I'm not going to be like LeBron, so why even do it? Mm -hmm. That's how I like to try to, to translate that thing. Cool. So let's, uh, since we're kind of on the competition subject, let's touch our, one of our next questions. Should I do a competition? You have to frame it around your values and goals, yep. but I think that there is a lot of really cool stuff for everybody to have that experience mm -hmm. at one time in their life. Yep, agreed. It would be like, should I ever go skydiving? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to scare the hell out of you? Yeah. <laughs> but guess what? You're going to become a different and a better human being on the other side of it. Mm -hmm. The competitions, nobody's going to lie to you. It's going to be one of the toughest, most grueling things you've ever done. Yeah. Probably. I mean, you're going to complete three to four to five workouts over the course of a day. Yep. You're going to push intensities and capacities that you have never yeah. even attempted before. Yep. But who you are going to become on the other side of that adversity, that's where the money and the magic and the yeah. beautiful like growth as a human being comes. Mm -hmm. Is that to say that you do one competition? You're like, all right, cool. I did that. I can yeah. check that off. Sweet. Cool. Maybe you get bit by a bug and you want to do a few. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But... To say that, you know, I, I'm never going to do a competition, um, I think most people should try to attempt it once in their life. Yeah. And the cool thing about competitions now is there's so many divisions 
Yeah. You can scale it however you want. Yep. You could be that 72 year old or that, that 12 year old and go into the competition and you can, you can tailor the workouts to your fitness level. Mm -hmm. Are you going to make the podium? Probably not. Yeah. But guess what? You got to do it. Yep. Agreed. I think everybody should try one. I think you guys talked about it on your fear podcast. Do something that scares you. Cause that's like you talked about when you face adversity and overcome it, that's where you grow. And that's what a competition is. It's adversity. Yep. It's nerve nervous. It's, you know, pushing yourself harder, more volume than you've ever done. There's a bunch of unknown variables that are going to come up. You're going to have a shitty judge inevitably. Mm -hmm. Just all these things come up. And at the end of the day, you get through it and you're like, sweet. I'm a better person because of it. And by the time this episode comes out, we will have had a group of 20, 25 members do their do a competition. Mm -hmm. There's a, a core group of uh, the members at the gym are doing a uh, an age division one. Awesome. I yeah. love it. I'm really interested to see what their experience is on the backside of that. Yeah. So we'll keep keep you posted on that. Yep. Um, the next part, we got two more. We'll touch on how do we understand intensity? Kind of as a gym, as a facility, CrossFit in the, the bigger sense of the word, mm -hmm. what do we see as, as intensity? The first place I think you have to start is it being relative. Okay, what do you mean? What's intense to me may not be intense to a professional athlete. Sure. What's intense to a... Um, one of our 70 year old members may not be that intense for me. Yep. So intensity is totally different for everybody. Um, understanding that intensity is up to you, not up to what the whiteboard says, what the clock says, what anybody says, it's how you feel. And that can be very person to person that can mm. vary day by day. Sure. So one day, a 400 pound back squat can be pretty intense for me. The next day, a freaking 250 pound back squat can be pretty intense for sure. me. Sure just depends on how I'm feeling, how I've eaten, how I'm sleeping, the stress that's in my life. People a lot of times will get bummed because they come in and they're like, man, I, I can't lift this today. I was lifting this last week. This feels heavy today. Or, I feel like I'm slow. Yeah, me too. Yeah, It happens. Intensity varies day by day. Look more of like the RPE, like the rate of perceived exertion. If you feel like you're pushing yourself, then, then you're, you're hitting intensity. You don't, don't measure your intensity by the weight by the time, by how you feel at the end of a workout. Measure it by how hard you feel or how how much you feel you are giving in the workout. Yeah. Whether it be intention, you're really focusing on doing things right, that's intensity. Agreed. Whether you're pushing yourself to that, you know, high level of exertion, it can vary day by day. Yep. So relative intensity is very relative. Yeah. One of the I like to consume a lot of information and going to a uh a symposium in December uh, by a group called Power Athlete. They used to be CrossFit football. One of their staples is every day you have to move a pile of dirt. Mm -hmm. Some days you get a shovel, some days you, give, you get a spoon. Mm. But every day you gotta move that dirt. Those days that you're feeling like crap, guess what? You got a spoon that day. Yep. Still gotta move that dirt, man. Yep. Right? That's, that, is, that is the getting into the gym and doing it anyway. Right? That is the making sure that I prioritize getting sleep. I don't feel like doing this thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, do it anyway. Those, I would argue those are the day that push you forward more than the days that you feel good and it's easy and you're kicking it. That, 
those are the easy days. Those sure. are the days everybody goes to the gym. Yep. Those are the days everybody pushes it. The days where maybe you don't feel like it, maybe you're not feeling that good, and you think, ah, I could just stay home and, I mean, I could open up a bag of chips and some queso dip and just sit on the couch. No, I'm, I'm going anyway. Yep. I'm not going to go 100%. I'm going to back it off and just sweat and breathe hard. Those are the days, like you talked about, grab your spoon and just get a little something in. Yeah. Conversely, people are under the misconception that to achieve intensity as a stimulus, I need to hit a 15, 20 minute workout and I gotta be flat on my back and I gotta be breathing really hard, gasping for air when I'm done. Yep. Anybody who thinks that that is the only way to reach intensity, do a 12 rep max back squat <laughs> and then come talk to me. Yeah. Cause I guarantee it's gonna take you a minute, maybe less, maybe a little bit more. Mm -hmm. I did that and I almost threw up. Mm -hmm. And it took me maybe 45 to 50 seconds to move those 12 reps. That is intensity. Yeah. It's all, it's a lot of it is about your intention. Mm -hmm. What are we trying to get out of this thing? So that also relative intensity. Yeah. In, in our opinion. Yeah. The intensity not always measured by being laid out on the floor, gasping for it. That's one thing that us CrossFitters get in the habit of. It's yes. Like, man, if at the end of the workout, if I'm not laying out, getting ready to puke, dry even, like, I didn't go hard enough. Not, not Disagree. necessarily. Disagree not necessarily. entirely. I would say two to three days out of the week should be that. Maybe, okay. depending on who, what, your goals are, all that, you know. Sure. But generally, I'd say a couple days a week, cool, do that. Other couple days a week, let's slow it down. Let's put a heck of a lot more intention into how you're doing it. Because like we talked about earlier, if we're doing a, an AMRAP, we're you know, going hard, reaching what we believe is intensity, and we're doing burpees and kettlebell swings. The burpees, you're going to do them fast. Kettlebell swings, you're going to do them fast. But you're not putting a whole lot of intention into dropping down, trick push-up, jumping my feet up, kettlebell swings, okay, driving with the hips, popping the... You're not putting as much intention into it. You're just getting it done. Right, which you can reach a form of intensity that way and be laid out on the floor gasping for air. Conversely, if you break down movements to their core elements and you really focus on every little single bit of it and you put full intention into it, that is also intensity. Now we get neurological adaptation. We start to tax the central nervous systems a little bit more. You will find, you can find that days that you work with intention with a PVC pipe mm -hmm. to be as taxing as days that you're going for a one rep max power clean. Yeah. If you can't, come on over and I'll show you how. Mm -hmm. I would love to do that for you. Mm -hmm. That is that intensity piece. Yes. Great. The last one I think that we will uh, we'll touch on is, should I record my workouts? Mm. Our simple answer is yes. Yep. We have a program called Wattify to do that. Uh, previously, you know, people have had workout books. I know some people have their own apps and stuff that they like to track. Mm -hmm. I love it. Track your workouts. There's a setting in Wattify where if you don't want to share that with the community on the, on the whiteboard, you can turn off the public sharing. Mm -hmm. Tracking and recording are for you to have a measure for you, period. Yep. I do not track my workout to see what my score was compared to Johnny right. at 5 a.m. Yes. I track it to see, I did this workout today, what happens when I do this same workout two months from now? Yep. Did my time improve or did it get worse? Mm -hmm. Now I have a measure of my fitness. If your time improved, you can now do more work in the same amount of time. Your fitness has improved. Yep. If your time got worse, 
different factors, but there's an argument to be made that if that happens across multiple workouts, you are getting less fit. Mm -hmm. So we need to look at programming. We maybe need to look at things outside of the gym mm -hmm. to now use those as the measure of your health and fitness. Mm -hmm. People get, oh, I'm not going to record it because I don't really care about those things. Right. I get it. And in the beginning, I totally understand. Yeah. You know, you've got a lot that you gotta you got to think on in your first mm -hmm. couple weeks in class. Mm-hmm. But the sooner we can start recording, the sooner we can now have observable, measurable, repeatable data. Yeah. And that feels, it feels good. Sure. When you redo a workout and you see, you know, the little star and man, I took four minutes off that workout. I am, what I'm doing, all the hard work I'm putting in is paying off. Yes. Um, Validation. Yeah. You don't, I guess you don't have to record them, but it's in your best interest to do so. Yeah. Just, just like, you know, CrossFit's whole premise is observable, measurable, repeatable data. You got to record something to have any data. And recording it, going back, redoing it, and actually like on a graph, seeing your fitness improve is cool. I take that same approach to the like health and wellness side. Mm -hmm. Your weight. I believe that you should weigh yourself frequently. I would suggest most people try to weigh themselves every day. What you now get is you get a bunch more data points. What you need to understand is weight fluctuates, <laughs> right? So you have to come into this thing with a certain level of understanding. I personally could fluctuate five to 10 pounds in a day mm -hmm. based on what did I eat yesterday? Did I go to the bathroom yet? What was my hydration like? How, much, how long did I sleep? That will determine my weight on a day-to-day -day basis. If I am the type of person that gets hung up on that thing and goes, oh man, I'm up three pounds today, or I'm up three ounces today, what do I do? Yeah. Don't do that, right. right? It's no longer serving you. If you're gonna be the type of person that puts your score into the whiteboard and you go, oh man, well, I'm, I'm fifth, I'm halfway, I'm only in the middle and so-and-so beat me and so-and-so beat me, maybe don't record your stuff. Yeah. Because now this is looking at from that fixed mindset, this is looking at it as a negative. We're bringing the attention to the wrong things. Mm -hmm. Tracking your food is in the same way. I don't think everybody needs to be really strict in tracking their macros, but what everybody should be doing is keeping some sort of a log, at least at some point in time, to see how much they're consuming. Yeah. That can be very eye-opening oh, for you. It was eye-opening for me, and I thought I was eating healthy. Sure. If, dude, if you've been doing CrossFit for three months or six months, and you have seen zero change in your body composition, I'm not talking about weight. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about your body composition. If you look the exact same you do on day 90 that you do on day one, you need, and you're like, well, I eat pretty good and I work <laughs> out five days a week and I sleep pretty well. Mm -hmm. You need to start tracking and recording that information yep. so you can see where we are, where we're losing stuff. Yeah. This is where all that wearable technology, which I don't necessarily agree with, is come, has become so prevalent and so uh, uh, useful for people mm -hmm. is now they can see Oh man, I I, only, I slept last night, but I was up three hours of the night, and I thought I was sleeping. Yeah. So now we see. Guess what? You really you thought you slept seven hours. You really only slept four. Mm -hmm. This is all data. It's information. It's a way for us to now measure your health across a lifetime, yep. or your fitness across a lifetime. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. It is valuable. Yes. If you use it in the right way, and you provide you, you use context. Mm -hmm. It can't be that negative thing that like, oh, well, Jimmy beat me, so I guess yeah. I suck. <laughs> right? Yep. Agreed. That's it.
Anything else? That's Anything it. that pops into your head right now? Cool. This has been episode 28 of A Community That Is Fit. Thanks for hanging out with us. Again, follow us on Facebook. Like us on Instagram or like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube. Uh, we post these every week along with our Technique Thursday videos. This is Cody Seth. Peace.